It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. Pastor Jack King, I'm the host, and uh, in kind of a um, somber mood in some ways. Um, of course, if you're a person who pays attention to the news, you've heard about things that are happening in Israel. And uh, whatever I hear of carnage, people being killed, senseless murder, this type of thing, it always causes me to kind of take a a downturn in my mood because it troubles me. But then again, the Bible tells us that there's going to be trouble because life is that way. But uh, we're going to spend some time just talking about this today. I do welcome you to the show. As I say, this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the good things of the Lord and his glorious church. A few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And uh, I love having guests on the show, and we do quite often. And I want to invite you, if you're involved in Christian ministry in some capacity, you need to call me. Let's get you behind these microphones. Let's talk about your passion for whatever it is that God has called you to do and you're involved in. In this kingdom work. All you got to do is call me. Area code 850-567-1703. Or you can text me. That would be just fine. I'd love to hear you from you out there in Radio Land. We understand that uh, trouble is a part of what Jesus even told us. He said that in this world, you're going to have tribulation. There's going to be trouble. And uh, trouble has come. Now, we know that we have had these uh, uprisings there in uh, that part of the world. Uh, Hamas, and uh, of course, has been an enemy of Israel for some time, Iran. And uh, we know that. We know that's uh, just part of the history from the time that uh, the uh, Nation of Israel was reformed, and right after World War II, it, it's uh, that little country has been through it. They really have, and they've been attacked. But every time that these attacks have come, then there's been a presence there. And uh, I remember reading about it, uh, how that times when. Uh, Soldiers from other countries that were attacking Israel would just have this uh, sense of fear that would just come over them, just throw down their weapons and run. And uh, we know that this is the presence of God. And uh, the thing that stands out to me most in, in these times when these things occur is the covenant. And uh, the Bible talks about the covenant between Abraham and his descendants, and Father God. And I'm, I'm not going to 
tell you that there's never been a time when uh, there's been difficulty between God and Israel because we know that's true because the scripture talks all about it. Those times when there would be times of great spiritual renewal and those times when they would turn away from God and follow the gods of the land. And uh, every time that happened, it would brought great suffering to the people of Israel. And that's a, well, that's an interesting study in itself. I have been reading a, a book called The Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn. And uh, I would suggest that anybody, any Christian, read that book because it will open your eyes to things that have to do with not just conflict of people, but conflict in the spiritual world, spiritual forces at work, forces of the demonic that has dominion, has dominion over areas and, and pockets of humanity. But what uh, Mr. Kahn in his book has pointed out to us, and he's done it very, very well, is that the same spiritual, quote, gods that were uh, coming against Israel has resurfaced. And that's, that's his whole point, the return of the gods. Because his point is that with the rise of Christianity and uh, the rise of spiritual renewal and more and more people turned away from the idols and turned away from the false gods and began to follow the true and the living God, then these gods had no place to dwell because they, they, they dwell in the hearts of humans. And so they had to be, uh, well, let's just say they were, I don't want to use the word eradicated, but they were very much compromised. But as our nation, and unfortunately much of the world, pushed God away. And, of course, we know here in America, we say, well, we don't want God in our schools. It simply says this, that we don't want the word of God to come forth. And see, that's, that's the power is in the word. And so the attack, the spiritual attack, is against the word. And so uh, even if somebody was uh, sitting in a classroom and they say, oh, I don't believe. But yet the teacher is reading scripture before school starts or, or even after school starts, but I'm talking about before she gets into her class, she'd maybe read the scripture in the Bible, have a word of prayer, maybe uh, sing a, a spiritual song. Those things were having their effect, but all of that's gone now. And generation has come and generation is gone, and now we have generations that have grown up without the influence of the word. And unfortunately, so often even in our churches, we don't have the word being taught. And so all of these things, I believe, are having an effect. But here's uh, my approach to today. I have not seen any footage at all. I'd, I don't get a lot of time to watch the news 
And so news that I normally hear is through radio, and I haven't had really much time to do that here lately. But I understand that this is really, really bad. And just uh, some of the things that I have picked up is uh, just a mass murder of women and children. Uh, children, I don't even want to say what's happened for fear that there's some innocent ears uh, riding in the car with you. But it's bad. It's really bad. And, um, of course, um, the prime minister of Israel has made his statement, and he said that uh, what will happen to those who have attacked and done this brutality to innocent people, he said they will... Well, let's just he put it this way. He said, what they are going to experience will be remembered for generations. And so we know that uh, war is imminent. And uh, I'm not a person who looks at war as being some romantic thing, as some people do. Uh, no, war is terrible. It's a horrible thing. And innocent women and children and, and uh, people are, lose their lives. And, and uh, I'm a person who values life. And to have such tragedy happen grieves my soul. So I want to take a look back. And that has to do with uh, the nation of Israel itself. Now, as I said a few minutes ago, Israel as a nation was reformed in a 1948 after the uh, World War II, and uh, this was a part of the uh, results of the war. Harry Truman was the president of the United States at the time. He was very involved in this. I've, I've read some books about it. Don't claim to be an expert, but I know that this truly was an act of God because of the political opposition not only here in America, but around the world. And, of course, uh, there were many people who the last thing they wanted to see happen was for the Jews to return to the homeland. But yet, Scripture had prophesied it and said that it would happen. It said the fastest ships in the world would bring them back to the Holy Land. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, defying all odds that this could even happen, that this little nation could be formed, it happened. And, uh, well, see, I have to look at it this way. This is uh, the hand of God. This is the act of God. These are God's people. Now, I'm also aware that Israel is not made up of just Jews. There are many denominations, or many different nationalities that make up that that little nation, but it's predominantly Jewish, and uh, there is a theocracy. It's it's a very uh, quote religiously controlled country, but I also believe this that the hand of God is upon it, and because if you go to the to the Revelation and you read about the Battle of Armageddon and, and the end times that Scripture tells us about. The whole world is going to be focused upon that little area of the world. And, and uh, 
what I refer to as the Battle of Armageddon. I mean, it's going to be, um, it's going to be uh, just an incredible time. But this is all futuristic. Right now, you have a very, very small nation, relatively small in the, and as you can consider the the world and, and and other nations, but yet, this is what I have seen. I've I've seen this in in, in interviews and different things that the people who live there they understand they they get the big picture, and it. Everybody has to be vigilant. And they know that the time will come when everybody will take up arms. And uh, the way I understand it, again, I've never been to Israel, and uh, that everybody there is basically ready to be in the army. And uh, when times come, they'll step up. I was listening on the radio this afternoon, and a gentleman had called in to a talk show talking to one of the hosts and uh, it said that he had uh, uh, attempted to join the Israeli army a few years back and uh, things happened and he he was able to to join a reserve unit and they said well we're going to put you on this list and uh, if ever we find ourselves embroiled in a conflict or we desperately need people, we'll, we'll be in touch. Well, he told the host, he says, I'm leaving tomorrow. And uh, he's coming from the United States. And I believe that that will happen from all around the world. That there'll be people who will be heading to Israel. And they'll join that army. And they'll be fighting. And uh, because there's many people who believe in that. And of course, uh, if you just believe in the cause of freedom... Then you understand. And uh, let me say this before we play a little music here today. Is it? I am shocked and appalled at uh, the fact that there are people here in America who are rejoicing. They're dancing in the streets. I'm, I'm just absolutely appalled and shocked. Just absolutely shocked. Because you see, I don't understand that kind of anger. I don't. One day, this has been probably 10 years ago, um, got a phone call. And uh, it had nothing to do with anything. Basically, it was a missed call. Some, somebody by accident had called me. And uh, and somehow or another in the process of, uh, this is back when we were still polite about that sort of thing <laughs> you know what i'm talking about it's got to where it it is so uh it happens so much now that you just get irritated and the last thing you want to do is engage in a conversation with somebody that just been a missed miss dial we uh, we have a lot of pocket dials and i'm the king of the pocket dials my phone just decides it just wants to call people sometimes but i'm i'm uh, digressing here anyway i got this call by mistake and while I was trying to explain to the person, you got the wrong uh, name. No, I'm not who you're looking for. Somehow or another, the subject went to um, Arabs versus the Jews. And next thing you know, I'm getting an earful if I'm a, a person. 
who was just full of anger and venom and uh, shocking. It was shocking to me. I'd never heard anybody talk about the the Jewish people and uh, the nation of Israel the, the way this man did. I mean, he was. I mean, he was a very angry person, and uh, and then he got on the subject of the Christians and how foolish we are to follow after the laws of the of the Bible and, in other words, of the Christian Judeo um, principles that we follow. And uh, finally, I just said, "Look, I'm going to hang up," and I did. And but yet, it was enough to kind of shake me up a little bit kind of get me out of some of my uh, uh, just being so naive, because I am. I mean, I live in a world that uh, is pretty simple, really. I don't, <laughs> it just is. And whenever, when I hear of things like we've heard here this week about this horrible, horrible uh, time of uh, just mass murder, it just, it just troubles my soul. It just does, because that's just not the world that I live in, and, uh, and it's not the world that I want to live in, and it's not as I would want this world to be. One thing you may have taken note of is that uh, whenever I finish this show and the Saturday Night Gospel Sing that I do on Saturday nights here on 94.1, I always pray for the peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. You say, well, Pastor King, why do you do that? Well, it's because the scripture tells us to do that. And it tells us that blessed will be those who pray for the peace in Jerusalem. And uh, I pray for the peace in Jerusalem and the streets of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. I pray that, that God would bring peace. But you see, this is what I know is that Scripture tells us that when you start seeing things happen there, then uh, look up, look up, Scripture says, for your redemption draweth nigh. Well, I've lived long enough to, uh, I've lived through some of these conflicts. Some of them are only just a few days, uh, just a few days, five, six days, and the wars are over. But every time one of these comes up, I'll get the question from somebody. Is this it? Is, is, this, is this it? Is this the time, as we find recorded in the Revelation, in the Scripture, and other, and other Scriptures, it talks about the end times. And, of course, we know that in the Revelation, it talks about the Battle of Armageddon, when literally all the armies of the world are going to come against this little nation of Israel. And uh, God's going to show up. And God's going to take care of winning the battle. And so the question is, is this, is this it? I remember way back in, uh, I think it was around 72, if, I, if my uh, history is correct, I was on board the Lexington, the U.S. Lexington, where I was stationed in the Navy, and uh, one of these conflicts came up, and uh, a lot of the the young sailors that I was working with there, they all knew that I was uh, uh, a Christian, 
And I would probably told most of them at that time, I'd already been to Bible college a few years and, and uh, had joined the military and was planning on going back to Bible college, which I did. And so they kind of, uh, in fact, <laughs> quite frankly, <laughs> I wore a beard when I, when I was in the, in the Navy. And uh, it got pretty good sign. I know you say, well, Pastor King, you're, you were in the Navy. But the ship I was on, the, the first captain, he was a little laxed about these things. So it, it got a pretty good-sized beard. And, uh, so they would call me Rabbi. <laughs> that was just a, something that just stuck. And so they, they called me Rabbi. And of course, I'm not a rabbi. I never have been, never will be. But anyway, they, they called me Rabbi. So they, they knew that I was a religious person. And so they were all asking me, is this it? Is this it? And I said, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and, and you ask me that now? And I say the same thing. I don't know. I don't know whether this is it. But I will say this. It's bad. And uh, this thing could get escalated real fast. And uh, already, I listened to the president. I just saw just a just a little bit of it, and then I've heard it on the radio. I said he's he's pledging that we're going to be involved. Not this is not with uh, troops, not at this point, but sending ammunition. He said that he, that we are going to resupply their ammunition, and so America is on board. We're going to help Israel. Well, what's the other side going to do? And you see how this thing could become escalated real, real fast. So this is a good time to pray. Let me just stop and just have a word of prayer here before we play a little music. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm just I'm praying over this thing. And uh, it, it's very possible that from the time that I'm recording this, this could be over by the time it airs on Sunday morning. But Lord, I'm praying for peace. As I always pray at the end of this broadcast, I pray for peace, peace in Israel, peace in the city of Jerusalem. Father God, I pray, Lord, for the people there, Lord God. And Lord, I pray for those families who have lost loved ones. I know their hearts are breaking, their hearts are grieving. But Lord God, I pray that you would minister to them. And I pray, God, that the resolve, the resolve of this nation would be strong. That God, that you would do what God does when it comes to Israel. God loves Israel. And uh, I just pray that the Spirit of God will be very much there. Lord, help them, I pray. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Even though I'm a Christian, and I pray it. Israel, but those are our roots. The Gaither vocal band. I just felt like that was a it's a good reminder for us. The love of God. There always be the love of God. And yes, there is evil in this world. And uh, 
the things that we've heard about this week, that is nothing but just pure evil. That is just absolutely from the pits of hell. That, uh, that kind of evil, hatred, hatred. It's just hard to even imagine such thing. But it does exist. But there is the love of God. And I just take refuge in that. And I thank God for it. Hey, let me remind you that I am a pastor. I pastor Freedom Road Christian Ministry. And we're located at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. And we are between Easterwood Drive. That's where you turn into uh, the National Guard Army in Tom Brown Park. And then if you're heading on toward Park Avenue, We'll have our signs out there for you on Sunday mornings, and you can come and worship with us. We start at 11.05. You can find us on the web, frcm.us. We'd love to see you. Love to meet you. We have Sunday school, 10 o'clock. So come on out and uh, let's worship the Lord together at Freedom Road Christian Ministry. And also, I do a uh, daily Bible teaching right here on 94.1, Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock. It is called the Gospel on the Radio Broadcast. It's a daily Bible teaching. I want you to join that as well, and I hope that will be a blessing to you. I think it will because it's the Word of God, and we know the Word of God doesn't uh, return void, and uh, it's a blessing. And then also, Saturday nights, 7 o'clock, here on 94.1. It's the Saturday night gospel sing. And uh, that pretty much speaks for itself. We we play good southern gospel music, and uh, we're not shy about it at all. We crank it up and uh, get a little toe-tapping going there, and uh, I believe it'll, it'll just liven you up. And it's a good thing to do on a Saturday night as we prepare our hearts to go to the house of the Lord on Sunday mornings. And so I'm inviting you, 7 o'clock, Saturday night, Gospel Sing here on 94.1 on your radio dial. Now let's just take a look back a little bit. Go back to the scriptures and just talk about this little nation who... uh, has such an, uh, an amazing history. <laughs> and uh, the, the thing that you always have to go back to is the covenant, the covenant between God and a man by the name of Abram, whose name later was changed to Abraham. And we find it in the book of Genesis to where um uh, they had lived in a place called Ur of Chaldees. And basically, this is a place that had become pretty godless. A lot of worship of the stars and astrology and that sort of thing. And uh, Abram's father, Terah, decided that he would move his family away from that. And, uh, and we don't know a whole lot about Terah. But we do know that his son, Abram, just got a glimpse of the true and the living God. And I think that's very important to take note of, that 
that in the midst of uh, people who had pushed God away, that didn't have a relationship with God, that here this man Abram got a, a light. In other words, he got a light. The, he felt something in his spirit, and he responded to it. And as he continued to respond to the moving of the Holy Spirit as it ministered to him, then that light grew stronger. And his awareness becomes stronger. His relationship with Jehovah God began to grow. And uh, then God spoke to him and said, I want you to leave here. They had moved to a city named Heron, and it was right on the Heron River. And he said, the Spirit of God said to Abram, so I want you to cross over the Heron River, and I want you to go into the land of Canaan, and I want you to dwell there. Now that was a big step, because the land of Canaan were inhabited by a lot of different tribes that were not uh, in a relationship, obviously, with the true and the living God. So this is a big step, step of faith. So Abram moves out into the land of Canaan, and the Spirit of God came to him and uh, told him that if you will walk with me, then uh, I will be your God, and I will bless you. And so that was a spiritual moment. And at that place, at that altar, the covenant, the covenant was made between Abram and God, the true and the living God. And uh, that's such a significant moment of time and it's such a significant thing to know. And here's the thing about it. You hear all about this conflict that's taking place here now. Uh, war. War is happening. And uh, that's what the media is going to be covering. But the point is, is that this is a, not only a, a conflict of armies, this is a spiritual conflict as well. Because here you have a people. These are all descendants of this man named Abram who are willing to fight to the death to defend their nation and their right to worship the God of Abram and then his son Isaac and his son Jacob who all were a part of the covenant because God renewed the covenant with every one of those people. And to say, the ability of the people to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in a free nation. And so, you won't hear that at the press. You won't hear that from people who are just giving you the news. But you hear it here on the gospel on the radio talk show. Because you have to keep this in mind. This is the struggle. This is the struggle. So God made this covenant with Abram. And then he gave him a challenge. And basically, he sent a famine. 
into the land. And it became very, very serious. And Abram lost his objective temporarily. And he flees the land of Canaan and he goes to Egypt. And while he is there, some interesting things happen because uh, basically he told the Pharaoh there, he said, look, this woman that I'm with, she's my sister. Now, true, she was his half-sister and she was also his wife and uh, she was very beautiful. And so the Pharaoh took her, but God, God sustained them. But what's interesting here is that during this time that he is in Egypt, there's no dialogue between God and Abram. It's like they were talking, but yet God sustained him. And he didn't let anything happen to Sarah. And when uh, finally Pharaoh realized what he'd done, and he repented of it, and he blessed Abram, sent him back to Canaan. But here's what's interesting here. Is that during all the time that he's in Egypt, God does not uh, reveal himself to him. But when he goes back to the altar, to the same place where God had spoke to him before, God revealed himself to him again. And this time he says to him, he says, you will no longer be Abram, but you will be Abraham, a father of many nations. In other words, he says, your people will be great. And they will spread across the land. And of course, then we we know the uh, the story of his son, who Isaac, who Sarah was barren. She had not been able to have children. They were getting up in age. God had made this promise to Abram or to Abraham. Hadn't happened. They still didn't have an heir. And uh, unfortunately. These humans did what us humans do. They took their eye off of, uh, of God and uh, tried another plan. It just seems to, this, that just never works, does it? But nevertheless, God was faithful to his word. Even though he had Ishmael, the son of the bondwoman, God also gave him the promised child. And uh, this is such an incredible story of God's challenge to Abram or Abraham once again. He said, I want you to take this child and I want you to sacrifice him. And uh, of course, see, this is, uh, this is what the, the heathens did. And I'm sure this had to have confused Abraham, but he said, I'm going to be faithful to what God says. I know the voice of God. But God... God was just seeing where his heart was. Of course, no, we know that when uh, they were up there on the mountain, Isaac said, uh, he says, I see the fire. I see the altar. But where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will make of himself a sacrifice. And he did through his son, Jesus. And then there was the ram in the thicket, and you know how that story goes. But here's the point. The covenant, the covenant 
that God made with Abraham. And uh, that's, that's who we're talking about here, this nation of Israel. We'll talk about in a minute where that name came from, the name Israel. It's, uh, it's just part of Scripture. Love like a river flows. Dan Brothers. Is love like a river flows. I just needed that this morning. Just a reminder of the love of God and uh, that He's always present. We can call on Him. And I just. I just recommend that to you this morning. As I say, we're this is Sunday morning. A lot of you are preparing to go to church. Some of you have already gone to church. You've already had your service, and you're going. You're on the way home, and uh, so you've got the rest of the day to go do whatever it is that you feel led to do. But uh, sometimes we just need to be reminded of the love of God. And that His love truly flows, just like the Gann brothers were singing about for us there. Now, a lot of people don't know this. We said, where did the name of Israel, or the name Israel, come from? Well, we talked about Abram and Abraham, and Abram had a son named Isaac. And Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And uh, the word Jacob means supplanter, conniver. And uh, the names Jacob, John, and James, they're all the same name. They all mean supplanter and the uh, deceiver, conniver, and uh, or so. Uh, anyway, so uh, these two boys, uh, Jacob and Esau. Esau was the oldest, even though they were they were actually twins. And um, through some conniving that Jacob did, he deceived his brother from the birthright. And I think most of you probably remember the story about how that uh, his um, mother, Rebecca, had, uh, well, she, he knew that, that uh, um, Isaac was near death. And of course, he'd gotten to where he couldn't hardly hear, he couldn't see, but he could smell real good. And he loved his, his son Esau because he was a hunter and he had that earthly smell about him. And so Rebecca said, uh, uh, to his son Jacob, he says, I want you to go and uh, I want you to uh, take a kid from the flock and I'll make this pottage that uh, your father wants. Because Isaac had said to, to uh, Esau, he says, I want you to go and I want you to kill a, a deer and I want you to make this special venison and bring it to me and then I will bless you. So while Esau was off hunting, then this canivory took place. And uh, and Rebecca put uh, a garment, put Esau's garment on him, and put uh, a sheep skin, or a sheep wool, on his arms to make him feel hairy, and it, it deceived the father. And so the father gave him the blessing, and uh, it's a part of the very nature of who Jacob was. Fast forward the story. It got to the time to where Esau or Isaac was about to die, and, and so they decided that they would send Jacob away 
because they were afraid that uh, Esau was going to kill him once his father had died. And on his way to where Rebekah had come from, her people, to her brother Laban, Jacob had an encounter with God and, uh, in the form of a dream or a vision, and he saw heaven. And he saw angels descending up and down this ladder into heaven. And he woke up and he said, Behold, this is none other but the house of God, because he'd seen this vision. Well, he went and he, he stayed with uh, Laban for 21 years because this, this deception thing was just part of the family and, and, and Laban had deceived him because he told him that he would give him uh, Rachel to be his wife. That was the first person he met when he first arrived there. And he loved Rachel, but he was deceived. And uh, when they were in a... a happy mood from too much alcohol and had gone into the tent. It was the wrong woman. And when he realized the mistake, he was upset about it. And, and, and Laban said, well, work for me another seven years because he had to work for seven years to get Rachel, but he ended up with Leah. And so he ended up uh, having worked another seven years for Rachel. So anyway, out of all of this, there were children born. And uh, they were born of uh, Leah, the oldest daughter, and Rachel, and then their handmaids, because that was a tradition of the time. They, could, they said, the, it was said uh, to bear them on my knees. That was the expression. So in other words, he would give the handmaid to the man, and then he would produce children. They were supposed to be Leah's children. That's the way it worked. And so they both did that, Rachel and Leah, and they had these children. And there was 12 of them. And these are the 12 tribes of Israel. One of them later had relations with Billah, the handmaid, and he lost his place. And then uh, the second to the youngest son, Joseph, which there's a whole bunch of scripture that talks about Joseph down in Egypt. We did quite a long study on it in the daily broadcast here of the life of Joseph. And so Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and one of those took the place of Reuben, who had violated his father's bed. And so he was removed. And so you had the 12 tribes of, of Israel. And on the way back, after this 21 years, Jacob decided to part company with his uncle Laban. And uh, as a result of that, uh, well, some things took place. And... Uh, he was frightened. He thought that the Laban was going to kill him because he chased him, but God had spoke to him and then prevented that. He was also afraid of his brother Esau when he got back because Esau was the one who wanted to kill him before. And uh, he had an encounter with God the second time. And uh, Scripture says that uh, he wrestled with God. All through the night, he wrestled with God. And uh, finally, as the sun began to break through, he said, uh, let me loose. He said, I'm not going to let you loose till you bless me. And God did. And uh, changed his name from Jacob, the supplanter, to Israel, which means having power with God.
Now, to me, that's an important part of history because to those who seek to oppose this little nation of Israel, you need to keep that in mind that the very name means having power with God. And I will not be surprised at all that during this conflict, if we don't hear stories and testimonies about God doing miraculous things to help save and preserve that little country, I'm just telling you, you just wait and see because the very name, the very name is having power with God. This is called Good News from Jerusalem. Tribute Quartet. Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King, and I've been just trying to put things in perspective. Israel uh, having favor and power with God. And so that's just, to me, that brings comfort to me because I know that God's got this thing under control. But that doesn't mean that my heart doesn't hurt from the carnage the loss of life. But uh, I'm going to play a song for you to close out. And uh, I just, I don't know. I just think we need it. It's by Gold City. It's uh, Tim Riley singing Under Control. I think we just need to know that. God's got it. Under Control. Rejoice in your soul. It's under control. Father God, that's our prayer. We just pray, God, we're just going to lay it at your feet. Lord, I know you love Israel, and I know that you're going to fight for Israel. But Lord, we pray for peace. We pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel and all around the world. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning. May the Lord bless you.